Hi and welcome to the King of the Thirst podcast. And also, week three of birthday month slash thirsty first one year anniversary. Um, I have a very special guest today. Um, you may know her as CMNAS Costa or as Monster Bait or as Christine, the absolute wild woman in Instagram stories. <laughs> Christine, how are you doing today? I am so excited to be here. Um, I, I am I am excited to wreck shop in your podcast yep. today, as I do pretty much everywhere I go. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, and so um, thank you so much for inviting me onto the show. I'm, I'm, I've, always, I've been a big fan for a long time, and I'm very excited to be here with you guys today. I, I, there is, so I, I was so, like, I know you listen to the podcast and that like freaks my bean and I can't dwell on that very much, but I like, I had this idea for birthday month and I was like, oh, I could do like four special episodes. Hell yeah. I should do like one special like interview. Cause I try and do about an interview a month, but I was like, I'll, I want to do like a really big one. I want to do like a really, really interesting one. But then I also realized that, um, a couple of things, a, I, I, didn't really care what anyone else wanted for birthday month. I only cared about what I wanted. So it's the month of Abigail's self-indulgence. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. Right? I worked on this podcast nonstop, unpaid for a year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I want. Um, but then I was like, oh, you know who I've wanted to have on a podcast for forever? I've wanted to have Christine on the podcast because I love your books. Um, you write th- books that are so profoundly on brand for this podcast. It's absurd. <laughs> um, you write Girls Weekend and Morning Glory Milking Farm, which recently oh. had a moment. And a moment. I was like, I, I couldn't. So... <laughs> All of that to say, I've been, I I kind of had this idea in my head for a while to have you on the podcast and then like you were really busy and like all this stuff happened and then, and then like, um, all of a sudden you went viral. (laughs) Go figure, go figure. Like the the last, the last year of my life has been like really hard. I, 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 I make no bones about that. I've had like a lot of just stuff come up. I have weathered it all because you know as a trash goblin with mm-hmm. no plan for mm-hmm. anything ever i'm really good at just swinging by the seat of my pants yeah going viral like kind of broke me like it ruined the internet for me yeah so um yeah i'm glad you caught me like after that downswing because had you been like let's talk this week i would have been like no i i'm rocking in a corner yep ruby dixon told me not to talk to anyone yeah <laughs> like no I'm, I'm over here in my hole <laughs> Yep. I, you know, I, I kind of, I watched it happen and I don't know what the opposite of schadenfreude is. I guess it's just pride, but like, (laughs) I, I, I was watching all of Twitter, all of like romance Twitter just cascade. Have you guys heard of the Minotaur book? What's the Minotaur book? Oh my God. I can't believe how good this book is. What is happening? Oh, have you, ounces, ounces everywhere. (laughs) And I was like, God, just like sitting at my computer, like pumping my fist, like, yeah, Christine, she's doing it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like 24 ounces is like a, it, it has a new meaning. It does. On, in, in romance landia. Unfortunately. You've, you've changed the landscape. Do you realize that? Like you changed, you did something like that's going to be a thing for forever now. It's so crazy. 
it's so crazy. And, and what's, what's so crazy to me is that this story originated um, in draft form over on my Tumblr blog. Yeah. It was written last year. I want to say I wrote it either in May or going into June. Um, I had COVID. It was written for my quarantine porn series. And like, as soon as I started writing it, I knew that it was going to be a bigger story. So it was like, I had to force it out in a, in a small bite-sized piece on Tumblr. Yeah. But like, I, I, it, it's literally just, you know, brain vomit. <laughs> Somehow it turned into like an, an actual book and I, I, I'm still mystified. I'm, you know what? I am also mystified because I read your book and I had, I had a lot of feelings. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of, I have a lot of observations I want to make and I have one complaint. Um, <laughs> And I'm just gonna get the complaint out of there because I think I need to I need to I need to get this out off my heart. Let's do it. And that is um Let's do it. particularly corpulent eel. That's it. That's okay. my complaint. If, That's it. If so so that that line in particular was written towards the very end of my last draft. Mm-hmm. If anyone out there thinks I wrote that line and didn't sit here giggling mm-hmm. to myself for like 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, none of you know me, Mary. <laughs> I, I hit that. I highlighted it. It's the only thing I actually <laughs> highlighted in the book. I was like, I need, I have to say something. Because listen, I know that there are no good words when writing smut. I write smut. I know it's, there's none, none good words. I know this. There are no, there are none. But, but here's what I will tell you. I, I am, I am like 90% black bile and spite. So. Sexy as hell. Spite is, spite is what fuels me most of, most of my day. Um, like, for example, I know there is, there is, there is the word mound somewhere in there. And I can't even yeah. remember what scene it is now. And I saw it after I saw another author complaining about someone's use of it on a discord channel i'm in i'm like oh no 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 we don't we don't complain about the words we pick because we all know they're all ridiculous so i'm going to change the sexy word i had in here to mound out of spite it's a spite mound now (laughs) you're you're planting your flag on the mound of spite huh yes yes i am so yeah corpulent a particularly corpulent eel i I sat here and laughed my ass off after I wrote that. I'm like, oh, that's staying. That that is making it to print for sure. I can't I can't say anything actually because what I do. So my 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 best friend Paige, who's on the podcast pretty frequently, um, she is my first beta reader. She reads my second drafts. Um, and God bless her. Okay. Um, but I I very frequently will slip in the worst words just to catch just to just to get her. Um, I think her last complaint was um, I used the word weeping in a um, in a smut scene, yes. and she she was like, "Hey, yes. you can't actually. I don't think you can do that. I I'm gonna put my foot Watch down. Watch me use it twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so before we get deep into like the the story of Morning Glory Milking Farm and like how this came about and like what has changed for you now after like exploding uh i'm so sorry i phrased it that way i'm i'm so sorry <laughs> exploded like a geyser into the consciousness just splattered of, of everywhere milk lovers Ugh. right just dripping down the walls of twitter as we oh, speak god still, oh. still puddled in the corners oh. lay down some towels please christine before you do that um before we get there i think you 
know that I always ask one particular question um, to new guests of the podcast, and that is, how do you feel about romance novels? That could be like a whole episode with me just talking see, about how I see. Feel about that's what novels. I'm saying. People are like, "Well, does anybody actually like say like something yeah. other than they love them on this?" Po-? Yes, yes, they do. It's a complicated yeah. question. It is a complicated question. So, I feel like I sit in a very odd spot as an author of books that have, you know, love stories in them. Um, I grew up reading romance novels. Um, you know, my mom had those little, you know, the, har- the little Harlequin paperbacks, like just stacks of mm-hmm. them um, that I, I that I read like way too young. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and I know like, we, like a lot of people always talk about, you know, what was your first dip into like a book that was just too much? Um, it was the Anne Rice um, beauty. <sighs> of course it was. That, of course that it is, was. That is cat. My cat's favorite, one of cat's favorite romance novels ever, the, the Beauty and the Beast fairy tale shit. I can't, I can't call it a favorite because I was too scarred. By yeah, it. like it's B. Dalton. B. Dalton was the scene of the crime. I was way too young. I was unsupervised, and I was scarred. Yeah, from what, there are like, aren't there like contraptions? There's a lot. Yeah. There's just- there's a lot going on, but it was the very first exposure I had to, I'm obviously that smut at that yeah. level, but I didn't even realize stuff like that was in books. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is in the bookstore for people to buy. This shit's legitimate. Yeah. Like, this is a real story that people are into. Um, so I grew up reading romance books, romance novels, romance genre, um, and now being on the other side of the equation, like... You know, you get you get lit fic mm-hmm. that happens to have a really compelling romance plotline. You line. throwing shade at Sally Rooney? You, you, yeah, I'm not throwing shade at Sally. No, I'm absolutely not throwing shade at Sally Rooney. I actually really like mm-hmm. Sally Rooney. I'm throwing shade at all of the writers and critics yeah. and journalists who act like Sally Rooney has single-handedly invented the romance yeah. genre just this yeah. year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, because, I mean... What what are the rest of us doing out here? We're just writing mommy porn, um, and 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 then taking it a, a level deeper because I write the kind of romance I write, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I it's fantasy romance, or is it urban fantasy, or is it paranormal? Like we can go in circles trying to pigeonhole what it is that we write, which is why we call ourselves monster romance yeah. writers because I mean it, it's to the yeah. point, um, but. You know, you once you get like under the skin of the romance community, and you get a little deeper, and you get a little deeper, and everyone wants to get mad at outside forces that poo-poo romance as a genre. Yeah. But then we have a real strong tendency to do it within yeah. as well. So yeah, it's 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 a weird. I feel like I sit in a weird spot. Um, I don't always know how to classify my stories I don't know how I, like girls weekend is it a romance I've had people tell me absolutely it's one of their favorite reads of the year and I've had people flat out say this isn't a romance because not all three girls got a happily ever after in that book one so 
Yeah, I, I write I write monster romance, which I don't know if that has different parameters or not, but I don't yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's tough because there's there's a obviously there's a tendency to look at romance as a monolith, right? Like you we, sure. especially because I think we have that very strict like what is romance? Romance is romance focused with a happy ending and that's it. Um but right. what we also have is these layers of division within the the genre and within the community that are also I'm gonna be honest very clicky and so I mean we want I think by dint of having such a kind of prescriptive you know rule based genre we also want very strict boundaries around who does what and why and what it means um, and sure. so when we have stuff that kind of doesn't fit the mold or is new like I mean ro- monster romance going legit as it has especially in the last two years is new absolutely it's brand new right right so it feels it feels like we're at the precipice of of this this weird new you know horizon but we're still within the same bubble um so yeah you still expect the same you you still expect the same touch points you know the same benchmarks in a story um but yeah i mean how do i feel about monster romance or uh, romance in general I, I think it's deeply feminist. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think the complaints that paranormal um, romance authors and monster romance authors um, and, and everyone else that are in, you know, narrower and narrower little sub niches, I think a lot of the complaints that get leveled at us from readers within the community are coming from the exact same place of cultural misogyny mm-hmm. as the complaints that are lobbed at the genre from the outside, mm-hmm. um, they just don't realize yeah. it. So, yeah, I think I think it's a whole big ball of wax that people really don't like to delve too deeply in, because their own criticism, their own criticism, criticisms of it, um, it, you know, it reflects more about them than it does necessarily about the books they're reading. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I also think that it's really when you are part of a community that is vilified and made fun of for so long, it is really easy to only cast yourself as, uh, as, as you know, the victim within. In the ivory yes. tower. Correct. And and when Correct. and then it becomes much harder to kind of look at your own behavior within that community because, of course, you can right. do nothing wrong. You're the attacked party. Um, and that is that is sure. a whole conversation to have about the insularity of the romance community and the clickiness and the cattiness and the, you know, ooh, that the hot pipe and tea that everyone loves to spill in the romance the romance sector, huh? Absolutely. That's why I said this one question, <laughs> honestly, could be like a whole week's worth of episodes. Occasionally, <laughs> I, so I obviously, like, I have no desire to ever participate in any of that i'm like the most i there's a reason this podcast is only like positive stuff for the most part because i just i just i am a very positive person i i i only want to promote things that i really love and and so i'm not i'm not one of those people who like ever wants no 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 i'd rather oh god keep that away but i do follow people on twitter who love to get in the ish and I will give updates to my roommates about what's going on in the romance world. Right. And they're like, someone should do a, like a gossip podcast about everything. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so 
So here's the thing. I, 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 I hate drama. I don't want to be a part of yeah. drama. I, I, I'm not afraid to be a confrontational person, but I don't like yeah. to be a confrontational person. So I do, I just want to stay out yeah. of drama in general. I'd rather just keep my head down and write my, my bonkers stories and, and keep yeah. moving forward. But that doesn't mean I don't like watching it. <laughs> just happen a little bit. Just people. a little bit. <laughs> so if we were to start that podcast, I would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would have to be some sort of gossip girl situation because it has to be anonymous because you just get destroyed. Like oh, for sure. No, you would absolutely be raked over every. Romance Land <laughs> is the most fucking litigious group of people. Yes. Um, okay, so I, I want to talk about, now that we've kind of talked about the broader romance, I do want to ask you, what kind of brought you to writing monster romance? What drew you to this? So, um, I actually do have like a, mm-hmm. a real answer for this. Um, I was writing mm-hmm. traditional romance um, for quite a while, actually. I have a completed novel that needs a real hard edit. And then I could actually, you know, throw it at somebody to do something with. Um, but it's it was really emotionally taxing yeah. to write. So I was just burnt out by the time I was done with it. I was burnt out emotionally, but I was not at that point burnt out from a mm-hmm. writing standpoint. Like I wanted to dive into my next project, but my brain was just like, no more, please, no more pain, no mm-hmm. more tears. Give us something fluffy and fun mm-hmm. to do. Um, and my very good friend um, is a, an illustrator. She is the creator of the Atnomen comic. Um, Which I do read, yes. And, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she was like, you should write monsters. <laughs> She's like, you should write monsters. You should write monsters with me. Because we, at, at that point, like we were fandom friends and we're like, we were both pivoting away from our fandom days and really focusing on, you know, our business. Um, she's like, you should write monsters with me. Um, and like, you could take over the world with this. <laughs> Lo and behold, and uh, how, how very <laughs> prescient of her. Like, my goodness. Literally, right. 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 Like, it, like, it just, and that was uh-huh. like two years ago. Um, so I started my Tumblr blog two years ago and it was really just, a way like to pivot into monster romance and I've always been a monster girl like Swamp Thing 1984 like my first love so I've always been a monster girl this it was really easy to slide into um so I started my tumblr blog um at the end of I don't know 20 whatever two years ago was I, like time doesn't mean anything to me anymore because I haven't yeah. left my house in two years so I don't even know like what day of the week it is um and it, I, I'd always intended that the stories I was going to put there, I was going to pull out and slap up on Amazon. And my original goal was like, I'm going to write a couple, handful of shorts, um, you know, 10 to 12,000 words a piece, polish them up, pull them from Tumblr, put it on, on Amazon for 99 cents. And, and there we go. And I still had a full-time job at this point. Um, and that never happened. <laughs> It's just, I was just like, oh no, so I just kept writing and I just kept writing. Um, And then that first October rolled around um, and I learned about Orktober and I'm like, oh, I really, I I, 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 like just discovered Orks and I'm going to give her a shout out here. Um, Alia Likes Monsters is her Tumblr blog. Um, She's become one of my very good friends. Her story, Office Orks, 
blew my freaking mind because it was the very first time I had re- I had ever read an orc romance, and I'm like frantically texting Ariane in the middle of the night. I'm like, where does he buy his suits? They work in an office. I don't understand how any of this works. So it was like the first time I had read like a modern orc romance, and I just fell down a rabbit hole. I'm like. Oh, this is where I live now. This is this is it. This is this is what I do now. I'm obsessed with this idea. Um, so my very first story that I shared on my Tumblr blog um, was about um, a Mothman and the he the yes he, he's a he's a super dorky, very shy, very nervous um, scientist, but he's also like a smart ass know it all that you sometimes just need yeah. to smack. <laughs> Um, and the human that he falls in love with. That was the very first story I outlined on my Tumblr blog. Um, it's called Sweet Berries. It's being released, um, oh, I think around the holidays um, on Amazon as a full novel. So that that's probably the next the next big thing to be on the lookout for for my readers. That's the, the second book in the mm-hmm. Cambridge Creek series. Um, and then that first October came around, and everyone's like oh now you have to write orcs I'm like I can do this (laughs) so I outlined and wrote the first draft of girls weekend that month in October um and I also outlined and wrote the first draft of beneath the linden trees which is going to be a release sometime in 2022 probably hopefully um and and yeah there was no coming up for air after that like I wrote constantly um, and my whole, you know, business plan was I'm going to build my audience. I'm going to figure out, first of all, I'm going to figure out if there is an audience for my, yeah. for this kind of writing. And then I'm going to build that audience and I'm going to give myself a year and then I'm going to publish something. So. I mean, you're on schedule, <laughs> I would say, uh, maybe even beating expectations. <laughs> yeah, we, we kept, we kept to schedule pretty, pretty well. Uh, last August was. My one-year anniversary this this past August that just passed was my two-year anniversary um, for having the blog, and yeah, we're two books in, so we're, we are definitely on. I mean, I, Christine, I am I, I admire <laughs> I admire that so much as as someone who is like also you know starting out on like building her own tiny corner of you know something creative on the internet and like trying to put her right. writing out there. It is like a. You you put out extremely high quality work. Your writing is so clean. It is so immersive. Thank it is <laughs> so compelling. I I so I here's the deal. When I look forward to reading something, I also put it off for forever because I'm like so excited and I don't like I can't handle that. So I just like can't have to bury it. So I I like put off reading Morning Glory Milking Farm for a long time because A, I was like, I really desperately want to have Christine on the podcast. So I want to make sure I'm like fresh for whenever that happens. So I've got to wait till till that till we have that worked out. But then also I was like, I was so looking forward to it. And on the other hand, I also had when I learned that the, what the premise was, there was a part of me that was deeply worried that there is the capacity for lethal amounts of cringe and <laughs> secondhand humiliation was, you have to admit, quite high. 
the, the, the probability was quite high. Yeah. Sky high. So I went into it Sky like, fuck, okay, gird yourself. There's probably going to be, whew, whew, there's probably going to be something really embarrassing in the first couple of chapters because she's starting a new job at what is essentially a hand job farm. Totally. And you just have to, you have 100%. to get through it. You have to get through it. And first of all, you never did that to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there were some close calls. But, but I never, I ne- I read it all in one sitting. I did not have to put it down and like go take a shower because I was so embarrassed. Um, it, but also what really struck me about your writing was not just that it's very good, obviously. Um, it was that you approach what would in someone else's hands be an extremely gimmicky, like, kind of gross premise that could very easily just be some sort of nasty slapdash erotica, right? Again, Minotaur handjob fun. Sure. That's the meat totally. cute here. But totally. you approach totally. it in a way that is so nuanced and so sophisticated. Like, you don't... Like, I was trying to explain to my coworkers at the bookshop yesterday. I was like, no, you guys don't understand. You don't understand what an artist Christine is. You don't get it. Because it is, like, the fact that you took that premise, again, just for number three, handjob farm with a minotaur selling semen to go into human men's Viagra. In this world where that is a normal thing, you took this ridiculous, objectively premise, and you made it into something that is so, like, A, grounded in reality. It never feels weird or like this is just a joke. It it, it also is, like, the perfect place for these people to meet. It's never, like, an issue. It just is a job. And you have conversations about what is sex work and what is health work in this world. You have conversations about income inequality. You have conversations about gentrification and, like, a stratified world that has so many different types of people in it and what that would mean politically and socially. Like, Christine! Christine, you did it! You did it! And you also never embarrassed me! And that, that is what I'm here for! Oh my god, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm so very glad that you didn't have to do that thing where, like, you put yeah. it down and just pace around the room. Yeah, I'm so know, sweaty, get so sweaty. That, like, I'll, like, I'll put it down and I'll, like, I'll walk to yep. my kitchen like I'm gonna do something and then I just uh-huh. turn around and walk back and... Yeah. Because yeah, you could have, like, I was expecting her to, like, fall over and, like, trip and drop all the bottles and, like, have everyone be angry at her. Right, right. And then yeah. she's just covering oh, in God. it. And yeah. Yeah. No. No. So we didn't, we, I did not want to go down a jokey path. And that's, and that's, I, I feel like this is very much tied to yeah. your, your first question. Um, I never want to send these stories down. Yeah. This is just a joke. You know, this is, this is just, this is a joke. You're reading it for a joke. I'm writing it for a joke. It's just a big ha-ha. That doesn't mean it's not completely That also doesn't mean it's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, I mean, I, I, I I would not be able to write these stories if I did not make myself laugh as I'm doing so. Um, And if I, if I took the story itself and myself writing it too seriously, because obviously it is yeah. absurd. It is, it is absolutely preposterous. Um, but it is still, you know, I, 
I feel like writing these kind of writing stories like this as a joke to be consumed as a joke. And I'm writing it as a joke, you know, of course people are going to read it. You know, people, people aren't picking up Chuck Tingle books for, you know, the scintillating social commentary. I love Chuck Tingle having girls weekend on the Amazon charts next to Chuck Tingle for like two weeks was like the highlight of my life. (laughs) But that that those are just that's not the kind of story I'm writing here those those aren't the stories I want to write and I think because I kind of started this path the way I did was building an audience before I actually had the product to sell um you know I I feel like my Tumblr platform is very personal I have people that drop in not so much anymore because I haven't I just haven't really been online much lately anywhere um but it used to be a very personal place. And I recognized all my readers. I knew all my readers by sight. I knew their screen names. They would drop into my inbox. We would have conversations. You know, for a while I did open commissions. I would love to someday be able to get back to a place where I have that kind of time Mm -hmm. and focus to do stuff like that, but I'm just not there right now. So I got to know my reader base very well. So writing a story for them as a joke would have been such a disservice to Mm -hmm. them and their desires. and, 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 and like I said, I feel like it's married to your first question yeah. about, you know, how we view romance books and how we, how we view things as just a joke. And that's, I, I don't read yeah. reviews. Um, all of you out there, all of you out there who have left reviews, who have, you know, left reviews on Amazon, who have left reviews on Goodreads, who have made, you know, TikTok threads and, and Twitter threads and so forth and so on. I appreciate you so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your life to read a review. I didn't read it though. I, I probably didn't read it though, unless you know someone from my little yeah. inner circle sent me a screenshot of it because that's what I that's what I have. I've got like my outside people. Yeah, you need like, a oh, curated view, or else one. you just be like and those you, are, you'd be turned yeah, into graded cheese yeah. very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the and again, I, I feel like because I I kind of came at this a little backwards. You know, I didn't put a book out and sit there with bated breath waiting for people to read it. I put a book out knowing people yeah. were going to read it because I already had a built-in, you know, readership for it. So I don't feel like I need necessarily to get so into the weeds with how things land and how do people review it? And, oh my gosh, did that bad review ruin my day? No, I don't care. I don't care about that person. I, I that, that person who didn't like it, who doesn't like this genre, who doesn't like my writing, I couldn't care less. There's, there's a ton of books yeah. out there. Find one that you like that, that yeah. that's no skin off my nose. Um, but like one of the recurring comments I did see in the reviews that were shown to me was, I can't believe it was so good. I I'm, I'm utterly shocked that it was so good. I, I, I thought I was reading this as a joke and it turned out to be a really good story. And I'm so grateful yeah. they thought that, but at the same time, I'm like, why were we shocked though? <laughs> like, why, why are we automatically saying, oh, this is a book about a monster. That means it's going to be schlocky and stupid yeah. and, you know, cringy scenes that yeah. make you need to stomp off yeah. in the kitchen and take a breather. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't write something as a joke for my readership. I respect Yeah. I, and I definitely, yeah. it felt very sincere and I, and you know, through our interactions and stuff, I knew it was going to be my main thing. I think looking at it, like from my perspective, like 
the thing I was worried about was more like workplace humiliation because that strikes a particular chord with me. Oh, totally. Like the, <laughs> the, when you talk about like the anxiety of going into a new job and not being perfect at it right away and like making mistakes and all this stuff, she has like a panic attack at the beginning thinking about how she doesn't know what she's going to do because she it's she's new at a job. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, like, I feel like that that's something we have all felt. I know I have definitely felt that. Um, I remember being at a new job um, after I had been with my previous company for, like, more than a decade. So going into that new job, I didn't know anything. I didn't know their process. And every day was just it's like, too much. Oh, oh, the anxiety of it. The anxiety yeah. of not knowing things. And it's not, it's not, and it's a very different anxiety yeah. when you think you're going to screw up. It's the, it's just the, you know, the, the, the latent fear. It's of not knowing, knowing concretely <laughs> that you do not know what to do because, because you can't know what to do yes. because you're new at yes. it and you can logically reason out like, of course, and everyone's right. going to expect that you don't know what to do. It's not a big deal. You can logic that out as much as you want. It doesn't, the anxiety train don't stop. No, it doesn't make a difference. No, absolutely not. It does not, nothing is going to stop that breathless panic that, oh my God, I don't know where the break room is. Well, someone's going to yeah. show you the break room, stupid. And I think, I think well, why I bring this up is because you start out the book this way. You start out the book with Violet starting a new job. She's having a lot of money issues. She has a lot of student loans. She's in a shitty apartment. She can't get a job that she that would pay her her the, the way she needs to survive. Um, and like the first two chapters, three chapters are like all about her just getting a new job and like the anxiety of it and learning the ins and outs of it and the actual like real uh, procedures and the like the reason for the job that she then gets, which is at this farm, <laughs> you know, this pharmaceutical company sort of dealio, <laughs> right? I will tell you, I internally cringe every time I had the horrible refer to it as the farm. I don't know how many readers out there did, but I was like, <laughs> it's, I, I might it's it. so, you know, it's so, so funny that the reactions, like most of my friends, because like of, of the, me having this podcast for long enough, they all hear about the crazy shit I read uh, and love because I won't stop talking about it even when I'm not recording. Um, But they, it's so funny, the disparate reactions that I got from people when I'm like, I listen, I know, listen, I know that this book is going to sound crazy, but like, just give it a try. Um, <laughs> My my roommate V, like I, she's a certified monster fucker. I told her about your Mothman book. She was like, "I am, yes, yes." Um, she loves Mothman. <laughs> but I, uh, I also I I mentioned that I was like, okay, so you know, Morning Glory milking farm, and she was like, "What kind of milking?" And I was like, "Well, you know, the the kind <laughs> that you might think of." when I say milking and she was like, and she's like, that's my line. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I was, and it was so interesting because some people had like really visceral reactions to the word milking and farm. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I just know every time I had them refer to, you know, her, her place of work and, and, and where he visits as the farm, I was like, <gasps> in my head. And I still and you named the it. book and I, that, and I, and, I, and I and I don't know if I don't know if I know. And then like I'm like, okay, I gotta see this. I will never now. forget <laughs> when you announced it on Instagram. I saw it, and my eyes like bugged out. I was like, 
Morning Glory Milk. <laughs> no, it's got to be a joke. She's got to be twisting our, our arms. Like that can't be right. And then I and then I read your post and I was like, no, she's serious. She's actually gonna make a Minotaur milking book. Okay, all right. And, and there was a lot of there was a lot of conversation about the title. I'm like, okay, but what else nothing. could I have called nothing. it? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And and I will say, so there there's I I and again. I haven't watched videos, I haven't read a lot of comments, mm-hmm. but I know it exists mm-hmm. through things I've heard. So I know there's been a lot of chatter about the title and, and even more chatter about the cover. So for Girls Weekend, my very first release, um, you know, it's a very soft cover. It's, it's illustrated, Ariane illustrated it. It's mm-hmm. gorgeous. And she is illustrating um, yeah. the rest of that series. She's going to be doing the book. She knows how to draw a sexy series. man. So they are all going to have. Slash monster. She does have to draw a sexy man, but I don't have any sexy men on the on the cover. Yeah. That's that's the thing. So I got a lot of feedback after Girls Weekend came out that the cover was a little too bubblegum soft for the content. Okay, that you know that's fair enough. Um, you know, spoiler alert: don't don't get your hopes up for better covers going forward because I I absolutely love yeah. the Girls Weekend cover. Um, and I have seen the covers, um, that she's already sketched out for the next several books in the series. And they're all, they all share the same softness, um, which, which is what I want. And, and, and and at some point, like, I have to just say to myself, I know it's not to market, but I like it. So the end. So for morning glory, I thought like 50 people were going to read this book. That's what I need. Like everyone to understand, I wrote this book for my base. (laughs) Um, You know, my second release was supposed to be Parties, which was the Girls Weekend um, follow-up. It's the second book in the series. It was supposed to come out this summer. Um, I had a family emergency over the summer. My younger brother almost died. He spent the entire summer, you know, on life support. So I spent the whole summer in the hospital being his advocate in, in the critical, you know, intensive care unit. So my entire writing schedule was, you know, thrown out of whack. And once he was released, um, I had, I'm like, okay, I got to regroup. I got to put something out. I am fading into, you know, the, the far distance, you know, the Amazon algorithm wants speedy releases. So I'm like, okay, I got to push something out fast. I'm going to push something out for my core readership Mm -hmm. for them. And I expected it to be read by my you know my tumblr readership i expected it to be read by my 113 patrons Ooh, you've eclipsed time. that number huh haven't you um yeah doubled it. It, it 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 so so yeah that that that's like the next disaster of my life is is the <laughs> going into august um i was really well prepared for my yeah. patron book drop and then that number doubled yeah. like within three weeks. And all of a sudden I didn't have books and I didn't have stickers nope. and I didn't have bookboxes nope. and I didn't have anything. And <laughs> three steps from disaster. You're getting there though. Times. You got, you got don't merch now. You got all the, the mega milkers merch. <laughs> so I, I thought this book was going to be read by like at most yeah. like 300 or so people. Um, you know, it was it was yep. a quickie release, <laughs> and the cover was made to my base. I was told Girls Weekend was too soft for for what it is. I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna let everyone know yeah. this is a monster fucker book. We are we are going we are going low. We are gonna we are gonna telegraph exactly Christine what the they're phone. getting. Christine the phone with this cover. 
Okay, so the foam is, um, I hope I get this right because she'll be mad at me if I don't. So my wonderful friend, Iram, she, um, she actually did the cover for this book. That's not stock photo. That Those are real hands. Those are real model's hands. That's a real bottle that I bought and shipped off to her along with, um, you know, a $4 Ikea milk foamer. <laughs> um, those are those are her hands lovingly pulling on those black gloves that oh we sent God. over. <laughs> um, the foam is uh, whole milk. And, no, I'm sorry. It's 1% mm-hmm. and half and half. I want to say I, I'm I'm positive it's that's what it is. That's what the, that's what the final ratio was. She tested like you know a hundred different combinations. That's not even the most disgusting photo she sent me. I could have gone with the real gross one. It was like chunky and lumpy. And when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> no, 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 you can't. I can't put that on the cover. <laughs> oh, please, no, don't ever show that to me again. I want to say the one we went with was like the second or third, you know, grossest. <laughs> but I really wanted to make a point of telegraphing yeah. exactly what this book was about. And just a little trickle no. of milk wasn't going to do it. So, so then, so then all these normies come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh God, this cover. I'm like, but it was for my It wasn't for you. <laughs> it wasn't for you. It wasn't for you. <laughs> Um, well, okay, Christine, I want to know though, in your estimation, like I need you to tell me what you think, how many monster fuckers did you create or initiate with Morning Glory Milking Farm? Like that is a real thing that you must have done. I can't, I can't even fathom. I can't fathom that beyond, you know, the existing pool of mon- mon- the existing pool of known monster fuckers that I already know and love. But I will say when this story premiered in its draft form uh-huh. on my Tumblr blog, I got a lot of like you've awakened something some, in me some and I dark don't like passenger. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, like I don't I don't like what this story has done to me and I hold it. You know what? Honestly, that's that's messed up because your book, for all that it has this absolutely bug nuts premise, right? It is a slow burn, tender, soft, slight age gap romance that like is so conventional in so many ways. It's so boring, right? Like the story itself, if you take away the bonkers, like the bonkers premise, it's so boring. (laughs) It's like Uh girl meets boy. They go out on a few dates. They finally bang on like page, Mm -hmm. you know, 153. The end. The end. (laughs) No angst. No, you know, relationship, you know, quandaries, no, like, oh, I thought that was my, you know, like, there's, there's none of like the, like the, the fifth moment, aha, no kidnapping, no attempted murder. It's like so (laughs) deadly dull. (laughs) And honestly, I feel like that's kind of my whole, um, that's kind of my whole setup for this whole series, to be honest, like, like, please don't expect like, you know, a, a, a third hour kidnapping in, in the Mothman book. It is going to be the same sort of stupid, boring, sweet, small town romance, because that's what yes. my Cambert Creek series is. It's Hallmark movies as produced by Skinnet. With monsters. <laughs> like, yeah. 
I I love that so much. I love that premise. Like, don't get me wrong. I love me an angsty, ridiculous book. I've read most of Finley Fenn's backlog. Oh, me too. Like, I know. I, I, we, we all love an, an angst fest sometimes, even though. We all, we all love the angst. I, I can, I, I love hurting my characters. Girls Weekend was supposed, was originally conceived as a two book, um, little duo, um, Tate was originally meant to be a two scene mm-hmm. character. And then I wrote him onto the page yeah. and gave him life. And he promptly like chewed uh-huh. a hole into my brain and has been squatting there ever since. And now it's a four book series and he has his own side book and he's appearing in another mm-hmm. outside series. And like, I'm like, Oh, there is so much angst here. I cannot contain it in two books. It's yes. Delicious. Um, I, well, you can have yeah. <laughs> angst. Like, you do have, I think, what people kind of mistake with, with like, both, like, Hallmark-ish stuff and, and like, sweeter sort of thematic uh, uh, romance is that, like, ooh, there's, it's really low angst. That doesn't mean the stakes are low. That just means that they're different because they're personalized to the character. Well, that's the thing. They're personal stakes. Yes. You know, high high stakes doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, we're saving the White House. Yeah. It, it's, it, you know, or, 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 you know, someone's kid got kidnapped. Yeah. It's, it's a personal stake. And it doesn't always mean, you know, you caught him with his ex. And it doesn't always mean, you know, you slept with a groomsman at the wedding. Like, it doesn't have to be those kind of stakes. Little, little stakes to the outside world can still feel like mountains inside. Yeah, I think because most of us are never going to be faced with the situation where our decisions mean, like, we saving or destroying the world, right? right. We right. we can relate to the angst of everyday stuff of having, like, a crush on somebody who comes into your coffee shop and finding <laughs> out that, like, it turns out, oh, you think they're actually dating somebody and being, like, totally heartbroken because you built up this huge, like, emotional, like, fantasy in your head. Absolutely. And then, you know, that's crushed in a moment. Like, we can all relate to something like that. Um, we Absolutely. all fall in love with strangers on the bus or maybe that's just me but like (laughs) (laughs) you know um i i think that that is a a skill that you you really have i i there's not a moment in morning glory milking farm or girls weekend where you don't feel that what is happening to these people is important to them and because it's so important to them because it feels so real and has such high stakes for them in their personal lives you as the reader feel that very intimately um and it never feels it never feels secondary to the fact that we are talking about a minotaur and a human in this world <laughs> where moth people exist and like go to the corner store to get their like their bug chips or whatever right 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 yeah no it's 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 I, the, the whole series, I like. I, I promised my readers from the onset, especially my my Instagram readers, because everyone was like, "What the hell is this book about?" Yeah. Like I made like a whole little slideshow of like what it is and what yeah. it isn't. Um, and that's pretty much that. that I'm probably going to reuse that slideshow yeah. for the next several books in the series. Like here's here's what it's not. It is not every kink plus the kitchen sink. Yeah. Like those books are out there. Those they're 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 great reads. Go read them. That's not what this series is though. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's not going to be high angst. It's not going to be high anxiety. It is a guaranteed happily ever after with a neat little bow in every little, you know, nugget of a story. And then those characters may appear, you know, elsewhere within yeah. th- this very small community. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there's never going to be, you know, we have to we have to, you know, put together a heist team. 
<laughs> and then yeah. with the Cabot Creek book. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, there's going to be some big, you know, big evil trying to take down the town or something like that. Right, like- right. And it, and it's interesting that you like something you you just said about you know the way we we hold these little you know falling in love with a stranger on the bus yeah um, in parties which is the the next the next girls weekend release um, Luriel is is feeling like internally she's not she's not letting it out you know externally um, save for some very unfortunate like public meltdowns that she has directed towards other people but she's very much feeling. Um, you know, the, these internal, you know, spikes of anxiety and, you know, about the relationship, about her, about, you know, the, everyone on the outside thinks that, oh, well, now you're in a relationship, so it doesn't matter that, you know, that you're overweight. It doesn't matter that, you know, you have issues with your family. None of those things matter because now you're in a relationship and that's not the way she feels inside. So she's having like these, you know, she, she's this, you know, roiling massive turmoil on the inside, but she never really reflects it on the outside. But that's part of the book, you know, the, yeah. that, that, that inner angst is a part of the book and it doesn't necessarily have to have real world stakes or even stakes that matter in the context of the community she lives in. Yeah. You know, the inner feel, her, her inner feelings mean absolutely nothing to her friends sitting across the table necessarily if she doesn't share them. Yeah. That doesn't mean she doesn't feel them. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I like books that take, you know, a, a deeper dive into a character's psyche with those little tiny, small slice of life moments that don't necessarily need a whole lot of, what's that word that a lot of people use? Plot. Plot. Yeah. It's, it's plot. It's plot. It's, there, there's no plot. It's just vibes. It's, just, it's vibes and no plot. You have that's... like meet cute and then vibes. And that's, I appreciate that so much. There is, there is no plot. Oh, what's the plot of the story? Well, these people, they fall in love. And then what? Oh, no, that was it. That was, that that, was the whole thing. That's that was, the book. That was the whole plot. That was it. The end. Oh, I love that. I Because like, it's such a breath of fresh air, too. Because like, I listen, I love me as a Chris Cole. You know, I, I love a, I love a big old like ridiculous sweeping. Oh, the world's going to end if we don't do X kind of story. But I also need to breathe sometimes. And so yeah. it's really nice <laughs> to have a book where it's just like, damn, these people are like normal, normal. And they're, <laughs> but it's not, but here's the thing. It's not, I'm going to be honest. I find a lot of contemporary romance kind of fucking boring because I already live that life. I already live the everyday, like worrying about money and like going to work and like taking my dog out and making dinner and whatever. Okay. I want right. to read about like something just like a step to the left, just a little bit more interesting. Right. Like you, like you, you, you have money anxieties, you know, you got to feed your dog. You got to, you got to feed yourself. You got to keep a roof over your head. You, you don't necessarily need to read about that no. unless you work at, unless you work at a, at a minotaur farm. Yeah. <laughs> unless there's a chance that uh, I could maybe meet a minotaur in line while I'm trying to get my coffee. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like the, the female main character of the next book she is um, like the social planner for a farm. Uh-huh. Is there a more boring job in the history of employment? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 that's a toughie. That's no, a toughie. like, like she organizes like the school tours, and you know the exactly, Ooh. exactly. Your 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 expression just now sums it up completely. But she meets a cute mothman at work. So, you know, it kind of makes up for the fact that she's well, like nails. Hold on, on Christine. 
Hold on, you might have told a little bit of a fib fibberuski there, because I do recall the snippet at the end of Morning Glory Milking Farm. I do not know that they meet at work. Well, well, they don't actually meet during the snippet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the end of the book there. <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna get technical just, about it, I guess they just, don't exchange dance yes, cards just, or whatever. Just just to put, you know, just just to put a point on it. No names are exchanged. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So. All so, right. But, it, but, it, but it, is, it, is, it is deadly doll. She has a deadly doll job. She is literally like just staring out at the fields <laughs> all day long until, you know, until, until the sun is blotted out by the shape of these giant wings floating down at her. I, I am so excited because I was, so I was talking to V about, about it. I was like, yeah, she's got, the next one's going to be a Mothman romance. I'm like, so excited. And I was like, I hope there's mouth parts. It's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be weird. It's, 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 this is, this is, um, one of those, you know, content warning, non-human anatomy. Um, she going to have to put yeah. all of her clothes in like cedar chests. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I just couldn't help it. You wake up in the middle of the night, he's just nibbling. I'm just going to get a little midnight nosh, and he's just munching on the blanket. You left your snacks on the floor, honey. You didn't didn't finish your shirt. (laughs) Oh, my God. That might be the sequel. (laughs) Can you imagine having moth children? Like, kids already put everything in their mouths. Can you imagine having a moth child and having to keep, like, their clothing locked in a cedar chest because they they wake up in the middle of the night and just start gnawing? So, I, 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 I am not, I'm not going to give any spoilers on this podcast. You're not going to trick me into Damn any spoilers. Damn it! But I have had a scene written for well over a year at this point. And it doesn't even take place in any current book that that is even being written right now it, uh-huh. it is like i like i don't even know how far down the line into cambert creek this is um but it involves um the scene is set in tate's restaurants back at the orc nudist resort and someone's water breaks and he's like in the back alley like <laughs> dying and 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 just dying on the outside and dying internally at the thought of all of his expensive table linens and on the inside of the restaurant, you have all of these non-human characters crowded around this non-human nerve. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anymore, but it's just, it's so horrific. <laughs> I can only, I'm just imagining the scene from Men in Black 1 with the, with the like tentacle birth in the car. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, it, it's it's written. It's it's all it's all up here. Oh, um, God, I, can't I, I just I can't wait to eventually get to that story. God, that's so good. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, we could we could talk about this and all all of this, the big T, this forever. And this podcast could be like 20 episodes long, but I won't do that to you. But so to wrap up today, at least because you. Christine, you're coming back. I don't care oh, how good. busy your schedule is. You're coming back. You've got to come back to this podcast. This has been too much fun. But we do okay. actually have to wrap it up today or else this will go on forever. So I'm going to ask you one last question before we okay. uh, we do our pluggables and what all. Um, and that and this may go on for a little bit, so my bad. <laughs> but um, 
I do. I, I want to know what you think is the draw of monster romance. Why do you think we've had this explosion of yeah. popularity on the last? It is. It has been. Year? It has been like this wild explosion. Like was like we have this renaissance of of you know alien romance and monster romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean. Are you asking why I think people are drawn to it, or are you asking why you know why we have seen the kind of sales traction with these books coming up? And actually, I, I well, although I guess those, those two those two questions kind of go together. Um, you know, I, I think I think most people are drawn to the other mm-hmm. um, in some way. You know, Twilight wouldn't have been the you know success that it was if people weren't drawn to the other. Yeah. And I, I'm one of those people, I, I, I will never dunk on Twilight. Um, do I think it's problematic? Sure, it's problematic. I think most books are problematic. <laughs> I, don't think you, I don't think you can read a book and not find a problematic, you know, something in there. Most books are um, written by human people with bad opinions. Yeah, exa- exactly. With bad yeah. opinions. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I believe me, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of people who have read, you know, Morning Glory that find it problematic in aspects. Yeah. Um, because either they didn't really understand what I was trying to do with, you know, the sex work angle or, mm-hmm. or they just thought it was boring. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so I, I but like but Twilight, you know, is, was written for, you know, teenage girls and there's no easier target in the world than teenage girls. So I, I refuse to dunk on Twilight, but it would not have been the sensation that it was if people weren't hungry for something just a little other. Um, I think there's safety in monster romance. And mm-hmm. I know that seems kind of odd considering, you know, they're monsters. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, especially when you have these human characters, um, you know, my, my, my humans in Cambric Creek, for example, they are potentially able to be free of our society's, you know, expectations for the way they look, expectations for the way they act, expectations for, you know, their gender presentation, expectations for all of those things that bog us down every day. Um, I can't write a book with a misogynistic main character. I just, I refuse to do it. I can't write a book where my female main character gets talked down to. And again, I know there's a market for that. Those books are out there and a lot of them are really awesome. So feel free to go read them. That's just not what you're going to get in any of my books because my version of, of monster romance escapism is it's escapism. Yeah. Um, and I think when we look at, you know, some of these huge success stories like Ruby Dixon, who has been so wonderful. Um, and I, I know, I know there's probably a ton of her readers out there and I just want you all to know she is as lovely as her books are. I, Ruby Dixon liked one of my posts recently on Instagram and I about had a heart attack. I admire her so goddamn much. She She's so cool. just so absolutely delightful and kind and welcoming and like I've, you know she she wrecked the book on on her facebook post and that's what kind of got the whole viral yeah. ball rolling yeah um and then she reached out to me like two weeks later to make sure i was doing okay <laughs> god bless because she had and, just been yeah. through it yeah yeah she 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 is absolutely just wonderful but when you look at her books, you know, you have these women who escape, oh no, they didn't escape, but they're, they're in this new environment yeah. where they're not necessarily beholden to all of the things we are beholden to in yeah. our everyday life. You know, that doesn't mean, um, you know, these characters aren't able to feel things the way we do. That doesn't mean that, you know, 
body issues don't exist. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that class disparity doesn't exist, Yeah. but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a, a mirror of our society. We're able to put away, um, you know, a lot of the things that hold us back in our daily life and, yeah. it, and it's, it's just fun escapism. Yeah. I, I think also it is a, there's a lot of appeal in, um, being able to, like, we, we've all decided, I guess, that, like, uh, in romance land, where we don't like alphas anymore, except if they're <laughs> monsters, um, right? Uh, like, we, we've, we've decided, oh, no, 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 we, we don't do that anymore. We're progressive. We're changing. The, the, you know, we can't, we, we, like, put all these crazy things, like, there's difference between, like, an alpha, yeah, and, like, a, like, a monster of a human being, right? There's a difference between right. those two things, but they got well, very exactly. conflated. Um, exactly. We're, you know, you're, you're able to, you're able to kind of delve into the monstrous. You're able to, to look at, um, you know, this, this, the alpha hole, who, mm-hmm. you know, very welly and possessive. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to, you're able to, you know, explore that and examine that without like, oh, he's probably hitting his wife at home kind yeah. of connotation, you know? He's a billionaire and that means he's probably almost certainly 100% a terrible human being. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So we're, you're, you know, you're able to get that without all of the gross automatic assumptions. Yeah that we have when it's a human character. Now, I will tell you what I, what I think monster romance is not. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, there's this very prevalent theory, and I believe it was, um, it was formed by a man on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, that women love monster romance because it's the ultimate we get to change him kind of fantasy. Oh, I, I, I don't, well, I don't want to change the monsters. I want no. them to stay monsters. No, there stay is, monster. I, I don't, I don't know a single woman who was happy that the beast turned into some Chad at the end of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> we want the beast. So there, like, there's just this fucky mindset that, oh, women just want to change us and they love monster romance because that's the ultimate. We get to rescue him from himself and we get to change him and turn him into no 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 thank you hard no hard pass i want to keep the monsters as monsters that is like the i i that just, you blew my hair back with that christina yeah. I, I had not heard no. that that is absurd <laughs> i'm just thinking of the reaction that say let's to use ruby dixon right the reaction she would have if she turned one of her blue aliens human at the end through some scientific fuckery right the people the the riots that would ensue like if they can became you, peoples can you just imagine oh my those God. female main characters getting the spur taken away at the 11th hour the tail the horns <laughs> are you kidding me oh my god like there is there is nothing there is nothing in that that has any shred of truth for <laughs> any reader I know. <laughs> also, it is such a like a male opinion too to be like it is women's biggest fantasy is to be opinion. able to change yes. men. Like yes, it is. It is, right. it is such an entitled white man opinion that just you know oh women like these you know it's 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 like mommy porn but weirder and and the crux of it is all we just want to change men. I'm like oh. 
the whole point of it is we don't want you. Don't you? I I love I love that. Like, don't you know that actually the only reason that women read romance is because they only the only thing that matters is men and our opinions and ourselves and what's going on in our right. internal lives. That's right. true. Uh, you know, as a woman, I do know that my entire life and personality revolves around men, so I can't really refute that. <laughs> I mean, every every woman I know is is holding out for their own alpha hole billionaire mafia biker that werewolf. they can change. Yeah, so, that yeah, is true. They can change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. into That's a boring it. ass white man who doesn't like talking <laughs> who, to his wife, who 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 doesn't take out the lawn and, and won't have conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's it. This is the dream. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, oh, Christine. Okay, I think I think that's it. I uh, I could talk to you for like a million years. This has been so fun, but we do have to eventually wrap up this episode. So, um, do you have anything you would like to add here at the end before we do pluggables? Oh, three steps from chaos. I I, I, I want to say everyone out there who has ordered um a a book from me. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart because that helps me, that supports me more than you buying it off of Amazon. Um, and the book boxes are going to be back in stock possibly at the end of this week, but more likely towards the beginning of next week available on my Etsy shop. Um, and my poor post office, like I live like out in Amish country. I can so, only like, imagine. My post office is, is, there's like three employees. Yeah. And I'm coming in every single day with like two giant Ikea bags full and just dumping them. And they're just staring at me like, oh, great. We have an author in town. Awesome. I wonder <laughs> yeah. what she writes. Well, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> they're looking at my packaging and turning it around and turning it around. Monster Bait? You do have like Could the cutest be? packaging. I love your I love your branding. It's so cute. Um, I, I do want to like, can you talk a little bit about what's in your book boxes? Because these are really cool and I've had them in my wish list for forever and I want everyone oh, to know sure. what's in them. Yeah. So the book boxes um are the assigned paperback. It's the mm-hmm. exact same um book that you would buy on Amazon. They come with um Art prints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think what comes in the Morning Glory Missing Farm. It, it comes with a safe for work art print, a not safe for work art print, <laughs> um, a mini art print, two vinyl stickers, and a bookmark. Mm-hmm. Um, the Girls Weekend um, book box comes with two safe for work art prints. Um, if anyone wants the not safe for work link, to the uh cash and l'oreal in the hammock just uh hit me up on twitter and i will send that to you (laughs) i i was gonna have that done and not safe for work uh version as well but i was worried that the company i use for my printing would ban me and they have really good prices so i didn't want i didn't want to risk it that's fair Um, so yeah, that, that book comes with, uh, Girls Weekend comes with the two art prints, um, a sticker, a bookmark. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, and I've got lots of weird little branded stuff on my. Yeah. You've got like funky well. little like shot glasses. You've got masks. Yeah, you've yeah, got all a bunch of cool stuff. pixie shot glass. There's a Morning Glory Milking Farm milk bottle with a straw. So you can enjoy your two per, your, your 1% and half and half frothy mix. If you think there is a chance in hell, I am not purchasing that. You have, you don't know me or this podcast. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm going to take that to work with me, baby. (laughs) 
but the book boxes are a lot of fun. Um, you know, one of my promises to my patrons is that I always reinvest their funds into um, arts. And I am like on an on a commission bend Kinda right now. That. And I should the things I should be commissioning, like I'm looking for someone to do um, a full painted cover for my Mothman book, actually, mm-hmm. um, because the one and only podcast that I was featured on, free, well, not me, but the book was talked about, was Learning the Tropes. Um, my best friend listened to it. Some of my patrons listened to it, and I eventually listened to the whole thing. And Clayton from Learning the Tropes made a comment about wishing that the book had, that Morning Glory had like a full clinch cover and a step back and like like and they mentioned tender is the storm yes which is like legendary the, ass the ultimate yes. right the ultimate and i've not been able to stop thinking about it since so i'm on the hunt for someone to do um that cover so if you're if you've got open commissions and you do cool painting um you should style, hit me hit me up you <laughs> should um you should dm katie roberts um oh my god her cover is Gorgeous. I mean, who did she get to do the, the the Dragon Man cover? Like whoever that is. I have to. I should. I should probably DM that 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 artist. Yeah. It is absolutely stunning. Get a get a referral. Uh, and get it that, was, and what's so funny? It, it is. It is. When I saw her cover, I'm, I'm so excited for that for that book. But when I saw that cover, I'm like, oh my god, it's gonna be fucking hilarious when all the monster writers turn and we all pivot to these oh, so fashion clinch covers. And we're, you know, we're, we're moving away from Manchester. <laughs> Thank God. I am, first of all, as an illustrator and as a reader, I am so fucking excited to see the return of the pulpy clinch cover. Like, I want, because because you know mainstream, the, the mainstream romance is not going to do it. They, they can't, they're going to do no, it in t- two years from now when they finally trickle down. Whatever. I don't right. care about that. What I care about is the leaders in the industry, the people who have their fingers on the pulse, getting back into pulp covers and doing yes. the most. Yes. So, so thank you, um, learning the tropes for putting tender and the tender is the storm in in my in my head because it's literally been like living there rent free since, and I'm obsessed with getting um, a full painted cover for like the rest of this series now. Oh my god! <laughs> so um, yeah, if you're an artist who does that, send me a DM um, on Twitter. But like, I should be I, I should be focused on commissioning that. I should be focused on commissioning art for. Um, you know, my I have I, I I teased and then I forgot about it and then I remembered about it like two weeks ago. I want to do um, a Krampus, like a short yes. Krampus anthology mm-hmm. for Christmas. I need to be commissioning stuff for that. I need to be commissioning Girls Weekend stuff. I need to be commissioning all of this stuff, and I am commissioning like orc dick and and just like doing God's work. Ca- yeah, yeah. Like literally, like I'm I'm like trolling through like Vara Twitter. I'm like, who draws the best cock? That's who I'm hired. <laughs> And, and it's for nothing. It is for nothing but my own amusement and enjoyment and the amusement and enjoyment of my patrons. And so like, listen, it. Christine, <laughs> as an illustrator, thank you. Like, honestly, like I, I've said this to Finley Fenn, too. Where I was like, nothing warms my heart more than knowing that, like, you guys are supporting artists who otherwise are they're like never gonna get huge a lot of them they're they're right. you know you're putting food on artists tables and also telling them to draw the most fun shit <laughs> like that is so wonderful karmically and you're doing great <laughs> and it's been it's been so fun you know discovering new artists the artist who did um the not safe for work um rourke prints that is in the book box mm-hmm. um i found her on twitter she was so great to work with. 
and she had it done in like 24 hours. Yep. <laughs> like I sent her some reps and the next morning she's like, okay, here you go. What do you think? I'm like, oh, it's done. Yeah. <laughs> this didn't take like three weeks of me spoon feeding you information. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, and it turned out so great. So I, I will, I will list um, on my Twitter today. I will make a point of listing all of the artists who I have used so that everyone um, can reference them and, and go give, send some love into their inboxes. That's but, wonderful. Um, so yeah, I, I, I have a lot of art that I need to commission and it's not the art that I am commissioning. So if you are an artist out there who is interested in being commissioned by me, hit me up on Twitter. Send in applications <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I can't wait. I cannot, cause we all reap the benefits, right? Like you, you yeah, do totally, all the self-indulgent totally. stuff and we, we get to see it and, and, and suck Absolutely. it in. Um, literally. Um, <laughs> Okay, so uh, now we're going to do pluggables. This is the end of the podcast, but arguably the most important part of the podcast. Uh, So where can we find your work? And um, part that I'm the least prepared for. (laughs) I I told you, Christine. (laughs) Told you. Three steps from disaster. <laughs> well, luckily you're the same across all platforms. So like it's I, am, fine. I am. You can yeah, you can you can find me. I am CM Nescosta across all platforms. Um you can go to cmnescosta.com and sign up for my newsletter. Um I did not expect my patron number to double the way it did last mm-hmm. month. Um, I was supposed to have my newsletter out last month, and instead I have been packing book boxes like from sunup until sun you sold out fucking immediately. Day. I was like, I was like, I, oh, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna yeah. do. It. I saw your announcement that they were up, and I was like, oh, I'll come home and, tonight after work, and I'll, I'll get, I'll get a box. Well, you cool? Awesome. Right. I've been waiting for it. And then, um, and then, well, there wasn't any and left. They were gone. And they were gone, like within like minutes. It, like I literally, I, I made the the listing live, and my phone started chiming. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm I'm this is bad. And it, and it, and it's like extra bad because there's a paper shortage, the global yeah. global paper shortage. You know, anyone who is in publishing knows that books are are really hard to get right Order now. Order your books for the holidays now. Order your books for the holidays now. I have another um 500 uh, copies of morning glory on the way i have another 300 copies of girls weekend on the way and that is probably going to be it yeah because i don't know if my printer is going to be able to get me another 500 before christmas yeah um but yeah we sold through the first run of 500 what a christmas gift within a day So I've, I've been packing those book boxes morning, noon, and night. Um, I don't even remember how this started. What was, what was I saying? Like pluggables. Pluggables. Oh, my, my poor patrons. <laughs> my newsletter. That's what yeah. it was. So my newsletter was supposed to go out last month. Um, and it didn't because I've been like wrapped up like a mummy in packaging tape since then. So if you sign up for my newsletter, um, now at cmnescosta.com, um, you will get, you will still get the Rook and Violet short, um, that will be going out soon. Um, and then I am, I'm the same on Instagram. I'm the same on Twitter. Um, my Patreon is Monsterbait. <laughs> Um, and I believe it is actually monster underscore bait. Okay. Um, but if you if you Google me, you will find it. There's not a lot of CM Costas out there, are there? There's not a, there's not a lot of CM Costas out there. No, it's it's a it's a pretty unique name. I kept trying. <laughs> although although what's, what's, what's funny, it's it's a, it's a unique name here in the uh. states. But if you if you Google it instantly, it's like Smith. So you're going to, you're going to find a lot. So I, you know, um, I, I, the fact that you didn't take the chance to be like CM nasty is really, nasty. it's going to, it's going to sit on my lamp. heart for a while. 
but we're gonna get past it you and I oh my god so yes my patreon my patreon is um you know patreon.com slash monster underscore bait um you are too late unfortunately at this point for the morning glory milking farm milk um, book box but the next mailer that's going out is going to be a little cambrick creek physical mailer for all of my patrons and that's just going to be like little physical goodies like postcard art some stickers and just fun stuff like that um and i have um exciting news mm-hmm. i can actually announce it now because we finally uh got the contracts signed and was returned to me um my audio partner for girls weekend tantor they have um signed morning glory milking farm um to their family of audiobooks as well as the next two girls weekend releases parties um and the one that i'm not going to tell you the name of (laughs) um and sweet berries so the next four books um from me will be made into audiobooks that's something super exciting to look forward to i've already been listening to some of the voice actors they're sending me for the girls weekend recording so that's underway hopefully that will be out by the end of the year um and i have a i guess it's really not a surprise because i've been teasing it on instagram but i have like a not so surprising surprise release coming out this month um it is the first installation of wheel of the year which is a cambric creek series um if you have a right this one might not be for you but um Yeah, this is this one's one of my favorites. Um, The Maven Feast is the very first um, installment of Wheel of the Year, and that's the one that's going to be coming out this October, just in time for spooky season. So you're going to be meeting some new Cambric Creek residents, um, a new monster. They show up pretty frequently in a lot of my other pieces. Um, Exciting stuff. So be on the lookout for that this month. Oh my gosh, that all sounds so exciting. I'm, 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 I'm getting greedy because I can't wait. I can't wait to read them. Um, oh man, so all of those links, the links to your website, your Patreon, your Twitter, your Instagram, all of that is going to be below in the episode description um, where everything else always is. You know, come on, y'all. Uh, right I do it right there for you. Also, I, I keep forgetting to mention it on the podcast, but on the Kingdom of Thirst website, we actually have a search function now. I figured out how to put it in there. Um, so if you ever are like, hey, I remember Abigail talked about Nutrient Slurry for 25 minutes in that last podcast, but I don't remember what books it's from. Um, I need to, I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. You can do that now. It actually works really well. I've tested it many times. Um, so if you, uh, don't know where something is or you you're like oh what was that uh, author who wrote morning glory milking farm if you if you type that in you will find it on the website it'll bring everything up um also honestly it's a good way to look for recs like i know people are like constantly asking me like what you know what are good books to read and i'm like if you just search through the website it'll bring up all the podcasts we've done and all the links to every book i've mentioned on the podcast yeah. um, it'll come up with a lot of really good stuff so um almost everything there except for clan of the cave bear and flame in the flower and pirates passionate slave pps um are like books i'd <laughs> recommend so uh, <laughs> can we also can we also find our nutrient slurry mugs from the search bar you can actually yeah there we go and the nutrient slurry mugs i just found out that my mom gave my cousin a nutrient slurry mug. <laughs> so uh, so I, I i have to i have to put this in there because a lot of people always ask me like how do you hide this from your family yeah let me tell you my cousin is a book blogger and i don't want to say he outed me to my family mm-hmm. but he pretty much outed me to my whole family um, earlier this year 
And he and his mom, my wonderful aunt, um, they packed all of your not safe for work um, envelopes. God, that's my, good. My, my, <laughs> oh, that's Chris. Oh, that's my real good. My entire family has seen the Minotaur peen like more times than any of them wanted to. Utterly I'm desensitized certain. to it now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I hope, I hope that your cousin is enjoying every sip of their nutrient slurry in the morning. <laughs> I, I also hope so. Allie, if you're listening, enjoy it. I like, I hope it's hot and steamy for you. Um, my, it's also worth noting my grandmother and my great aunt listen to this podcast. Um, and I, I was just editing episode, uh, one of birthday month, uh, which is the fan, um, or like listener special fan request episode. And that is maybe our most not safe for work episode ever. The <laughs> amount of times we say the word cock in that episode, because I, you will have heard it listeners, obviously, cause it comes out before this episode, but we, t- we do a mistranslation, uh, read aloud of, uh, a sex scene from ice planet barbarians. And oh, no. yeah. And I passed it through six translation filters and then back to English and it changed every instance of cock to chicken. And we couldn't <gasps> figure out what it was. We're like, why is there chicken here? Why is there chicken? Oh no. And then like five minutes later, we both had the flash of insight that, Oh my God, it's cock. <laughs> Oh no, she sucked his big blue chicken does not have the same poetic ring. <laughs> no, it does not. It does not. Also, for whatever reason, it only kept, like, it didn't keep Georgie's name in there at all, but it changed his name to Vericates. Anyway, it's like a whole thing. It's a great bit. Very fun. I laughed my ass off. Um, oh my God. <laughs> so, um, if you want to hear that, episode one of Birthday Month, which is technically like episode, I don't know, 54, 55, I don't even fucking remember anymore anyway the listener request episode listener special whatever uh you can do that that's then after that we also just would have released the mummy commentary track um which is as bananas as it sounds (laughs) of listen at your own discretion and put on the mummy um when you do so you can sync it up and everything it's a whole thing um perfect but you can find uh kingdom of thirst everywhere at kingdom thirst Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the places that I'm not. Sorry. Um, you can also find me at Abigail uh, K. Kelly on Twitter or Works by Abigail on Instagram. Um, I am launching a Patreon very soon. <laughs> uh, I have a serial coming out, which is I, I would have just uh, I, I just released the series blurb for that and it's a whole thing, but suffice it to say that it is a near future urban fantasy with an elf and a witch, um, <gasps> set in San Francisco. And it is quite Ooh. something. Um, exciting. Yes. It's, it's going to be, it's a chapter a week released on Sundays. It's coming out February 6th. Um, for five bucks a month, you can get, you know, you know, they're long chapters too. They're like 5,000 words a piece. Um, so, uh, I hope that, uh, y'all are into that. I'm going to be releasing more teasers for that. Um, and you know, birthday month, we have special merch out limited edition, special merch, which is the thirsty first merch. (laughs) Um, It's only going to be available until the 31st. Um, it is quite something. It's very vaporwave, very ridiculous, utterly self-indulgent. I made the mistake of referring to the hand on it as handies in episode and laughed for a solid minute. Um, 
you can get that now. Do get it now because it's not going to be available uh, in like, oh God, I guess a week now. You only have like a week left to buy it. Buy it. Uh, Don't wait. Buy it today. Yes. Do it now because it, it, will, it will, for sure will be gone. Um, and it's a dope design. I'm very proud of it. Um, you can also get our uh, non-limited edition, but like new designs that were designed by illustrator Paige Hughes, freaking guest on the podcast. She did a Babs in the Lava Lamp design. Um, and then she also did a um, Broken Mic the busted design which is to commemorate the lost episodes that we <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah are uh, absolutely catastrophic technical issues we had the last few weeks um because she thinks she's funny but <laughs> you can also join our discord the discord's fun bunch of degenerates in there making making silly jokes and memes and posting pictures of their pets and it's a good time so that is all I have to plug. Probably there's more. I won't do more. You're not listening anymore. It's fine. Um, oh, I'm I'm already in the Discord. I'm thinking yes. I'm like, hey, if there's Discord, I need to join that. Oh, never mind. I'm yes, you're there. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for being on, Christine. This has been such Thank a delight. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. <laughs> Oh, and man. if you if you want to have me on again to talk or cock or spider shibari, I would be oh, happy to be here. Oh my! Oh my God! You know what we should do? Oh, we should do a, a Tiffany Roberts entwined. Yeah, ensnared. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <gasps> okay. If you've not read those books, um, I highly recommend them. They are fire. <laughs> they are so good and so yes. different from everything else they've done. Uh very very good also extremely nice people um tiffany and rob are two of the nicest um people in this community um and, and, it, and it's a small community you know, Monster very Romance, small. you know there, there's not many of us yeah um and and tiffany and rob are are wonderful so definitely read their books <laughs> friend of the pod they're 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 very they're very very kind they've been kind to us from the beginning um yes. all right so that's the end of the episode this has been podcast hope you enjoyed it <laughs> i'll talk to you next week for the finale of birthday month the twilight episode Alrighty, bye kingdom of thirst is a member of the frolic podcast network find all of our episodes and tons of new podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcast